I'm going to talk about endurance and I am an endurance runner. I've run several marathons, ultra marathons, long distance races. Um, so I'm definitely going to apply that and I'm actually going to use a scripture that uh, from Hebrews that Paul wrote that actually is referring to Olympic running. Um, and we're going to look at the visual and the, um, the story that Paul was trying to portray through it. Before we go there, I wanted to read Romans 5, 3 to 5. So just so you know, a little bit about me in addition to what Christine said, I'm a teacher. I love to teach. So it's possible that I'm going to sound a little teachy, maybe a little bit preachy, but I want to take the scripture and when it comes to the topic of endurance, just always remember, no matter what I'm saying, this these are things that you can apply to your physical life, to your spiritual life, emotional, to all of it. We are here to learn how to live a holistic life. So throughout the scriptures, we see a lot about um, we're encouraged to endure, we're encouraged to be courageous. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And I'm going to um, start off in Romans 5, 3 through 5, and I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. And it says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they can help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So this is a little bit different from the... Um, traditional versions that we hear so this is that verse that says you know what rejoice when you have trials because it's going to produce endurance and that endurance is going to produce character and that character is going to produce hope and it's almost like a cycle and it reminded me of strength training when we develop our muscles there's three things that are required when we develop our muscles First, we have to stress the muscle, right? So think about lifting weight, strength, whatever it is. You have to stress that muscle. That's what produces the soreness, right? Whenever you work out, maybe you've been out of it for a while, or maybe you're lifting a little bit heavier and you feel soreness. That is stress that came upon your muscle and it caused these little microscopic tear, tears in your muscles. And then the other thing that we need to grow and strengthen our muscle is nutrition. We need to make sure that where everyone knows we need to have protein. It's essential for us to grow our muscles. But we also need to have good nutrition because what happens is when we get those tears in our muscle, our body, I'm gonna speak in layman's terms, our body pumps fluid to those tears so that it bonds those tears back together. And it's that bonding that actually creates the additional strength or the additional volume. But there's a third thing that we need. We need rest. Rest is vital. If we don't have rest, we're not gonna grow and be strengthened in a healthy way. We can actually injure ourselves if we don't. So a lot of times people always want that one secret thing. What's that one thing I need to do? And oftentimes I have found that there's really never just one. There's a few things or several little things that make a difference. 
But why did I relate that to the scripture that we just read? Well, think about what the, what the scripture said. Consider it joy, which is one thing I just want to point out really quick. Every time you read about enduring or you read about trials or you read about struggle, it always talks about joy. It's like crazy. How, how do people have joy in the midst of trials? And we're going to talk about that. But it, talk, it says, be joyful in the midst of trials because when you, when you go through trials, it's going to produce endurance. And endurance, and so think about trial as a stress. Remember, we, we're growing our muscles, so it's spiritual, emotional, right? So the stress, the trials of life is a stress. And sometimes it causes tears. It can be hard emotionally, it can be hard mentally, maybe even spiritually, maybe we start to question things that we believe. But we need endurance. And endurance, it was interesting because as I was preparing for this, I've heard endurance my whole life. I actually never looked up the meaning of endurance. And when I did, I was surprised by what the black letters actually said. And endurance means the ability to withstand hardship or adversity. The ability or strength to continue or last, especially despite fatigue, stress, or other adverse conditions. And why did this stand out to me? Because I realized a lot of times we think that we need endurance for the hardship, but the reality is that there is no endurance if there is no hardship. It's all apart. And when you have the trial, that's when you need that's when the endurance is happening. You cannot have endurance if you don't have the trial. So the endurance propels the, it propels us through that stress, right? When you, when you start to feel that burn, when you're lifting that weight, that's not the time to stop. Everyone knows, or most people know when you're training, it's when you start to feel the burn that you have to get a few more in. You have to go through the trial. It needs to burn, it needs to hurt, even if just a little bit. And then it says we need to have character, right? It produces our character. The trial and endurance produces our character, but not just any character. A lot of uh, translations say approved character or integrity. So integrity is a firm adherence to a moral code or artistic value. It's a quality or state of being complete and undivided. That's a whole preaching in itself, so I'm not gonna get into that. But we need integrity, and I see that as our nutrition. That's what Maureen was talking about, feeding our mind. She even used the term nourishment in her presentation related to our thoughts. Because when we feed ourselves on the word of God and the truth of God, that's us feeding, getting good stuff inside of us. And, and it applies for food, but it also applies for our thoughts. And we need to make sure that our thoughts, what we're thinking in on, what we're meditating on, what we're praying about is actually feeding us so that we can strengthen. And then that character produces hope. And it's that hope that is our rest. Why? Because the hope is in the finished work of Jesus Christ, recognizing that he has already done it. He has already conquered. And all we have to do is partner with him where we have just endured 
a trial where we are working on our character by setting our mind on Christ, thinking on things that are good, and then resting on who Jesus is, what he's done, and knowing that we are seated with him in heavenly places. So now I want to move us over to, um, to the side of endurance. So we've talked about muscles. Now I'm an endurance runner and I've run several marathons and there is a consistent theme in all the marathons I've run. So while a lot of endurance runners would probably say, oh my gosh, yes, I agree. This is coming from me and my personal experience in racing. So a marathon consists of 26.2 miles, okay? It's a long ways. Um, I, on average, run it, uh, have run it maybe five hours, 30 minutes, six hours. So, you know, you're, you're constantly moving. How do we recognize that? We call that, that's endurance running. Throughout it, I experience a lot of different things. Remember, as, as Maureen mentioned it, and, and I talk about it a lot, how it's about holistic health. God created us as human beings, and as human beings, we have bodies, we have souls, we have spirits that consists of minds and emotions as well. And when I'm running, I start off and automatically I'm like, woohoo, you know, you're kind of pumped up, you're in the morning, you just fueled up, you're excited, you're good, you feel good, you know you've prepared. And then things start going and you reach the third mile, which is a 5K. And you finish the 5K, the 5K portion, and you think, I think I should have just signed up for the 5K. What am I doing? Look at all the miles that I have left. And I'm still feeling good and I'm running and I know that I've trained. So I kind of put myself in this, this place where it's like, okay, one foot in front of the other, get into a groove, maybe put on music, talk to a friend, and almost tune out, just enjoy the moment, right? And then we're getting close to the halfway point, which is 13.1 miles. And you're at mile 12 and you're like, wow, I only have a mile till the half. And then you're like pumped and you run and you run and you kind of give it a little bit of your all. And then you get to the half and you're like, woohoo, halfway. And not even a quarter mile after you pass that halfway mark, you're like, what am I doing? This is crazy. I have to do this again and I've already run half of it. This this is insane. So I have a few things going on in my mind, right? I've just gone through several emotions, excitement, doubt, fear, commitment, dedication. I'm capable, I'm excited, I'm proud. And now I've stepped into I'm worried, I'm fearful, I'm confused. What am I doing? And my body starts to feel the pain of what I've just been going through. So then you go, and I, I mean, I could go on about the, the 26 miles, but the, the whole 26 miles, this is what you're going through. You're going through excitement, confusion, all these different emotions, and the pain progressively gets worse. But the only reason I'm able to finish is because of the thoughts that I'm nourishing myself with. Now, there are times where the thoughts are, I'm crazy, why am I here? That when you hit the wall around mile 18, you're just like, I'm gonna die. Can I just lie down on the street and take a nap? Can someone come pick me up? Maybe we should call the EMTs. And, but then you think you're like, no, I've done this before. I'm gonna keep going, I'm gonna keep going. Like there, I, I, have to, I have to cross that finish line. 
and you cry like I've cried during marathons and all of this stuff and the pain continues and sometimes gets worse but every once in a while I have a surge of energy that's usually related to the thoughts that are running through my head and then when I cross the finish line I have no emotion and I have no thoughts I'm just in complete and utter pain and out of breath but you know what happens five minutes later not only am I extremely proud and confident and feeling victorious, I'm asking when the next one is. Because of the, one, because of the endorphins, right? There's physical reasons for that. But because I've just conquered something. Now I ask you, I just ran a marathon, but Christine just drove 30 miles to go to a meeting. Who would you say endured? Christine rode more miles than I ran, but we're gonna consider the runner the person who endured. And why? Because there was hardship. There cannot be endurance if there is no hardship. Hardship is required. Now, if you climb a mountain, for example, I've, cl I've climbed uh, to Camp Mira on, on Mount Rainier, and I almost died on that one too. And I get to the top and I'm looking out at the horizon and it's glorious. And I ask, who do you think would appreciate the, the view more? Someone who's climbed it and endured or someone who flew there on a helicopter? Now they're both getting the same view, but the appreciation of it is going to be vastly different from the person who actually worked for it. So, um, I want to go to Hebrews really quick because um, this this was really cool as I was preparing and just learning because I, I when I read the scriptures, I'm very focused on context, both not just in the writings, but in the cultural and in Hebrews 12, um, 12 1 it says therefore since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him he endured the cross disregarding the shame now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from uh, sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. So all of this that I've shared with you, why, right? I'm very big on how can you apply this to your life? So we know that we need endurance and we know what endurance produces, but sometimes when we go through trials, it gets really hard. So how do we cross the finish line? How do we get there? And that's what I love about this passage I just read in Hebrews because it actually tells us, this is one of the things that I absolutely love about scripture. Many times scripture defines itself. Even even with endurance, when you really look at all the scriptures, it tells you that trials are necessary. 
But here it says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially sin that trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. I want you to think of the visual that Paul is setting here. Think about an Olympic arena, okay? These were Greeks, and they were in the Olympics. Think about a stadium, we always hear about the cloud of witnesses, but it's not talking about those white fluffy things in the sky. Clouds during that time, it was a homonym. Clouds were the top, um, the top what, what, benches in the stadium. When you had a ticket all the way at the top, you would say, I'm in the cloud today, right? So think about the cloud of witnesses. You're in a stadium. But what's awesome is that it says that Jesus was a champion. Jesus and those clouds of witnesses, because it's referring to all of the people of faith that have come before us, our fathers, those clouds of witnesses are not just mere spectators. They're champions. They're people who have been in the arena, just like you are in the arena right now. You are fighting, you are battling, and these are all people who are witnessing you. And this goes to what, what we've heard already today about surrounding yourself with the right people. You need to surround yourself with people who are going to witness and champion you on, not people who are just spectating and are gonna criticize you and tell you everything you're doing wrong, but people who are gonna champion you. And then he tells us to strip off stuff, right? Including sin. What is that referring to? Well, during those times, the Greeks actually were running their races naked. They were running them nude because they learned that if they were to keep their loin guards on, they would often start to slip and sometimes fall down and trip them up. So we have to let go of our baggage, let go of the things that are going to slow us down, no matter what that is, that could be different for all of us, and get ready to run the race. And he says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. This is our nourishment keeping our eyes in Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Why? Because Jesus endured. He set his eyes on the thing, on the joy that was set before him. And that's how he endured. Jesus endured because he was thinking about what we were going to get, the joy that was coming. And this is the purpose. I know we've talked a little bit about purpose today, but having a purpose in your life is so important. And purpose is not a result. So for example, I want to lose five pounds. That is not your purpose. That is the result you are looking for. Your purpose goes beyond that. Your purpose is why do I want to lose five pounds? Maybe I want to be able to play with my kids. Maybe I want to be able to have the energy that I need to take care of my family and have a job and you know have a ministry. That is your purpose. So we need to set our eyes not only on Jesus, but also on the purpose that he has given us. And that purpose should consist of joy. It should be something that gives us joy. And then it says, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives and your struggle against sin. And then it talks about um, discipline. But when we set our eyes on Jesus, and, and that hope that we talked about earlier. And we rest in the fact that Jesus has already done it. 
and we set our eyes on him and we think on him and we nourish ourselves of him and rest in him, then we will cross the finish line. No matter what that means, it could be your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health. Maybe you're having family struggles. This is a difficult time for many people. We all have a finish line. So think about what your finish line is and you have to think beyond the finish line, that purpose, that joy, that feeling that you want. That's going to be how you're gonna get there. You're gonna set your eyes on Jesus, you're gonna think of him, and you're gonna know that when you endure, you're gonna receive your promise because there's verses in the Bible that talk about you will receive your promise once you've endured. So hold on to that faith. Trust in it and know that God is going to give you your promise. Just keep on enduring.